The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 14th, 2022, season 18, episode number 70. Welcome to the latest edition of the break, we are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. And man, I'm not used to this having a Monday where we come in here and talk about a loss. We've gotten uh, kind of spoiled around here, but Cowboys do lose yesterday. They lose on the road at the Green Bay Packers. They lose 31-28 in overtime. And where I want to start today is there were so many things that happened in this game. But I'd like to go around the table, and I'd like each of you to tell me what you think was the biggest reason why they lost yesterday's game. Let's start with you, Brian. Um, We knew going into the game the run defense potentially could be a problem. I kind of felt like that that's what Green Bay was committed to doing. I kind of feel like at the point in time when I went back and watched the All-22, felt like that they had a chance to end this game, win this game, with everything that happened to it on the fourth and seven play. You know, that Green Bay converted that they got Watson scored a touchdown on. Right there, you get a stop on fourth and seven, the game's over. Ball's right there basically at midfield, and you get a shot to just run that thing out. You've got Green Bay probably demoralized a little bit, having to come back on the field. But yeah, the run defense was gonna be a problem. And but that that's the when you look at when you look at like key plays in the game, you could talk about the fourth down play that Dallas had. But if somehow, some way, you make a play, you know, Micah Parsons on the twist stunt gets a little wide, and then all of a sudden it gives Rodgers the opportunity to step up and make that throw. You know, Micah Parsons makes that play a lot of times. You know, it's a sack, it's a turnover, it's the game's over. That, that right there, for all the things that happen to you, good and bad in that football game, you make one play on fourth and seven, you're going to win that football game. And I think that's a little bit disappointing for something. If you said, give me one thing other than Cowboy run defense that kind of affected this game. Amber. Yeah, the run defense was definitely an issue. And it was you can clearly see that from yesterday's game. But like Ryan said, it's hard to pinpoint something specific when you look at the game overall. And last week on Friday and even Thursday, I was talking about one of my biggest concerns going into this game were penalties and how that could have – my thought of it affecting the Cowboys in a bad way, and it absolutely did. Despite all the mistakes that were made on the offensive side of the balls, the things, you know, the two interceptions, certain plays that you're like, why are they calling this play right now? Despite all that, they were able to come back, make it a game, and then you go into overtime, and I'm sure we're going to discuss those penalties, but damn, it's like... Why does it have to come down to that? I mean, you were able to tie the game against Aaron Rodgers, who comes back, the defense kind of bends in the fourth quarter, which was crazy to see the way that they were able to just run all over the defense. But I would say it's just mistakes on offense, just not playing a clean game, some of the decision-making, maybe Dak getting a little too comfortable and making some of those throws that he shouldn't have made. 
And it just all came down to that. You could have started the game being 10-7, and it didn't go that way. But, I mean, there's no way to really predict what could have happened at that point on if they had kind of protected the ball better to start the game. The Their quarterback's better than yours by far, and that's the difference in the game to me. So, Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean he, he made – no mistakes, and Dak made a few mistakes. So that's the difference, I think. I mean, you can't beat this guy. I mean, they beat him twice, but, you know, it's 10 years ago and 15 years ago, something like that. I mean, he's just, he's just way better than you, and and then that's that's the problem. And he's not interested in playing a lot of games, but he was interested in that one, apparently. Yeah, That's what's frustrating. If I'm the Packers, I'm probably more frustrated than the Cowboys because if you got it, then give it every damn game. You don't have it every game. Well, the difference, I think, is that they didn't ask as much of him yesterday as they've typically asked of him. I think yeah. it was very clear yesterday they went into that game saying— But he controlled the game. No, you know, he, I mean, he, he made the throws when he needed to make yeah. the throws. But guess what? He played a Cooper Rush kind of game. That's the interesting part Which, about this. Like yeah. they were not throwing the ball around the yard. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Run, they went in the game. Their first, I think it was of the first fifteen plays they ran. Mm-hmm. Twelve of them were rushing. Like they went into the game saying, "Aaron, we will call you when we need you." Right now, and I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Aaron Jones, and, <laughs> yeah. and Dylan. We're gonna we're gonna give you guys the ball, and we're gonna say, let you run. It's 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 funny you've played two Hall of Fame quarterbacks this year in Aaron Aaron Rodgers and then also Tom Brady and neither one of them really had to have a great game for them to win. But I mean, but to Nick's point, he's when Rodgers had to make throws, yeah. Yeah. he made throws. He did. I mean, and and they and you know and he he starts off the game throwing the ball to. To Watson and Watson drops two in a row, and you're like going, "Okay, we've there seen we yeah. we've seen this act before," yeah. but he just kept throwing them the ball. And I think the Dallas secondary got a little compromised with what was happening with them with Bland, and then you know, and also you know, them having to make a lot of changes though in the secondary as well. I mean, it, it just it, it was tough. I mean, it's just it's I always say this about this team: it hates prosperity. It really yeah. hates prosperity. It hates when you give them something that they can they can take advantage of and make a difference and win. They hate it when you do that. They like to make it as hard as possible to win these football games. It's never easy with this bunch. You know, you get the turnover. I mean, tank with the brilliant. I mean, they get the sack and the and sack fumble. And like to Ambar's point. Then you throw a ball, you give it right back, and they score on that. You know, instead of instead of you kicking a field goal or you scoring a touchdown, they give it right back, and it's like, okay, you know, well, hey, by the way, we're gonna have a couple of runs in here. You know, we're gonna make a good run here. Oh, by the way, we're gonna get called for holding here. Oh, another thing, we're gonna run for nine yards, but we're not gonna line up on sides. You know, they hate prosperity. They just hate it when you give them something that's going to help them win the game. And I, that's the thing that's really the most frustrating. I, I mean, I, I, the run defense stuff, we can get into all that because of yeah, – and, and I'll just give you an example. On the, on the touchdown run uh, that, that, that Aaron Jones had where it just looked like it was a wide-open hole, they're running a twist stunt. They're running a twist. Bohanna goes out, and it's supposed to be Fowler inside. Fowler doesn't go inside. They got they got the twist on the opposite side. They're going to run the twist to the play side, and they're going to twist right into it. And what happens? Fowler doesn't run the twist, and now it's a it's a huge gain for a touchdown. That's the kind of things that happens to this football team way way too often. 
for them to be as as, as good as they are with record rise. The right crazy now. thing is like you're in Green Bay. You're going up against Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Is Aaron Rodgers better than Dak Prescott? Yeah, sure. He is. But you got you get to a point where you got a fourteen point lead against them. That's going into the fourth quarter. And then still you manage and I don't think this game much to your point, Derek, I don't think this game was necessarily won by Aaron Rodgers and his arm. It was the running game where they just completely ran through the whole Cowboys defense. But it's just insane to see how the game started. It was really slow. And then you get to that lead like that. And then just completely they tied the game, goes into overtime. Then the craziness happens. Well, with to, the to Nick's point, that, but man. to Nick's point, Rodgers was into this game. The fact on third down, fourth down, there, and he's yelling He's yelling at his coach. And I know he yells at the coach every once in a while, but you could tell he wanted to win this football oh, yeah. game. You could tell by the the way that he was that he was playing and you know, and he 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 stuck with it. I mean, he made some really, really good throws in this game that they had to they had to have. And, you know, that that's the difference. You know, the recipe for your quarterback throwing forty six times is never good. Just never good. When it so, ter- turns into that, it's just, you know, it's something bad's probably going to happen. So how much blame do we give Kellen Moore? Because it's one of the things that we talked about during that that five-game stretch where yeah. Cooper Rush is your quarterback and you go 4-1 and one and, and everybody's saying, well, yeah, the reason why is because they're managing the game with Cooper Rush. He only has to make a few plays a game, and they're running the ball. They're running the ball effectively, and they should do the same thing when Dak comes back. However, yesterday said yeah. that was not a Cooper Rush kind of game. That was a game where we got our starter back, so that means we're just going to air it out. There was never any reason for them to feel like they got they should get away from the run. They were running the ball effectively. Yeah. How much blame do you put on Kellen Moore? I put a, I put blame on the fourth down play, and and honestly, I felt like at the end when Mike McCarthy he he made me feel a little bit better about it because I was thinking that maybe. McCarthy decided to go for it on fourth down and Kellen didn't have a play ready, you know. But Mike came out and said, No, on second down, I told him we're going. Obviously, trying to kick a field goal that way was not good. Kicking off anything going that direction was not going to be good enough, though. The problem I have is, though, the, 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 what play you called. If, if you're learning on third down that the officials are not going to call pass interference or anything like that on, on that third down play, I'm like, okay, I'm about to throw a, a bunch pick route on you here. I mean, and pick. I'm about to run pick routes. And if you're, if you're going to swallow the whistle on this, I'm coming with a fourth down play or a play that's going to get me this first down. Where, but, you know, to run trips and then try and, and really, I mean, the shallow cross was not there. The, the ball, the curl inside wasn't there because Alexander. And then you kind of throw the ball to Pollard in the flat. You know, give me a play where, give me your best two point play to get a first down. Give me something that make these officials, like I say, run picks, get guys open, kind of wheel it, do whatever you have to do. But for that call at that particular time in the game, I'm like going, that play had nothing. That play had absolutely nothing. And, and I agree with you about running the football. I, I, I do. I think putting Dak in harm's way at times is, is not very good. But I also feel like, though, that have a really have a good play ready on fourth down, and I don't think they did in this particular case. You look at the numbers on Dak yesterday, he was 27 of 46, a 59% completion rate, not good. 265 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah. That, I think, is key. Yeah. Um, and his quarterback rating was 78.6. Nick, how much blame you put on Dak for that loss? 
Um, not as much as I put on Kellen Moore. I mean, I, that's that's the. I mean, I don't. The fourth down play, I agree, it, that was bad, but it's third down for me. It's third and three with six twenty-five to go. I mean, run the football. They yeah. they are not stopping either one of those two backs. And and I'm and I'm putting the ball's at the thirty-five yard line. You're not kicking it at the thirty-five. Would you kick no. it at the thirty-two? Maybe, and you might kick it, and you might kick it at the thirty-two with five minutes to play in the game or an overtime, as opposed to six twenty-five. Run it, yeah. run it, and and I, I don't think they get stopped. And you know, but the, the you know the the officials, you hate you hate to to blame officials, but you just want to see it consistent. If you're going to call Connor William, I'm sorry, Connor Connor <laughs> McGovern, same yeah. thing because when it, Think about the holding. Yeah. You're going to call McGovern on that penalty in overtime. If you're calling that, okay, then then call it. If you're going to just say in overtime, let him play. Yeah. It's got to be a. It's got to be like a bloodbath before I call anything. That's why I would do it. But yeah. they don't do it that way. You're going to call that. Then you got to call it with CD getting getting. <laughs> oh, he got interfered with. He got yeah. interfered with. <laughs> and that's and clearly that's why again that's why you know and I think Nick's right. Run the ball. Run the ball. You'd had success. You're not stopping that. You're not stopping that. You know, and and that's the thing about it is that, but man, I mean, if at that fourth down play, it's like fine, okay, you just you're not going to give us one. I'm about to run a pick, and I'm going to see if you're going to call offensive pass interference here when I spring Ceedee Lamb open for about 26 yards here, because I'm going to run. I am going to make you have to make that call. You make that call now. I'm losing my absolute mind. But you know, I he lost it. I just it it, yeah. But that's gone. What happened with that? Well, the headset's broke. Mm. There's no more. That just shows you how emotionless game was for Mike McCarthy for sure. <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, and he, yeah. and I don't think it. I think it was the frustration when he talked to Brad Shan pregame. You know, we played it on 105.3 The Fan. He was, he was almost, you know, it was a little bit struggle. Brad, did he just guarantee a win? You know, he he was very much very confident that his football team was going to go out there and play well, and he was going to get they were going to victory. Now coaches have confidence all the time, but Mike was very much a after we get this win, you know, we're going to go back and we're going to you know. And, and I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, I, I think this I think this one meant a lot to him, and the fact that they didn't get it and they had some penalties on the on the back end of this thing, I think made him even more and, upset. And after the game, you can just if you listen to the press conference yeah. of him speaking, the way he was talking, even at one point his eyes were pretty shiny, you know. So there was a lot of emotion there, and you can absolutely see it. And going back to some, you mentioned C.D. Lamb. You guys were talking about him, and it reminded me of that one play that they have that they like. Put that play away. I don't want to hear whatever option the, routes happen in the middle listen, of the field. You don't want to run anymore. I don't want to hear <laughs> miscommunication being the word used after a game again. Like being brought. Like what miscommunication? You practice this, and 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 I'm reacting this way because this isn't the first time we see this. So happened last week. Yeah, happened two weeks, two weeks ago. ago. Yeah, exactly. Two weeks ago. Yeah, you had a week to fix it. Yeah, you had a week to fix it. Let's be right. clear about that. Yeah. yeah, and then it happens again, and then you use the word miscommunication. Well, what the? Yeah. What are you? <laughs> sorry, what are you doing in, during practice? There should not be a miscommunication. Well, well, that's and that's something to do with Dak's first interception. We we could we could have sat out there and watched them practice that play that they ran with Schultz and CD getting kind of real close there, and when they run the play. 
there's no congestion there. Everything is spaced right. Everything, you know, it, it's and Dak makes that throw, and it's like, okay, you know, next period, you know, yeah. it, it's 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 a successful play. It scores every time in practice. Yeah. And then when you run it in a game, you're like, going, wait a minute, the tight end gets a little short in the route. The 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 receiver didn't get far enough. Wait a minute, there's guys standing there. Like when you practice that play, it's a touchdown every single time. But that's also where I, I that's, look that's at the quarterback. The, but that's why he makes that throw. That's why he makes that throw. Because every single time they practice that, it's a touchdown in practice. Right. But that's also where he he has to, and, and maybe I don't understand yeah. the quarterback position in the NFL. I will a lot have never played NFL quarterback. But I would think that he is watching his receivers to know, yeah. oh, wow, his short's coming up. His, his route's coming up a yeah. little short. Oh, he got bumped there. Yeah. Oh, there's a ton of congestion there. Yeah. Maybe I ought to go to a different receiver or maybe think about tucking and running or getting rid of the ball. Well, One of those other options. See, but but there was yeah. all that congestion there. Yeah. There were receivers that were not where they were supposed to be. Right. I still put it on the quarterback. you got to no, absolutely, that, right? Absolutely. See, in the, in the previous play to that, they try and run a screen. They fake a screen to the left. And it just goes to show you how effed up things get for the Cowboys when it comes to running. They get they got a chance on this screenplay, but they got Davis in there running the play, and he gets all knocked around, and then Dak has to run the ball. So you know you never know if that's if that's Pollard or is that Zeke? Is it a clean th- you know is it a clean yeah. throw? And now we're not throwing an interception on the next play. You know, it's like, and, you know, you're thinking, oh, they fake the screen, they get everybody to one side, but then the back who doesn't play all the time gets knocked around a little bit. So now Dak has to eat it. And what happens? Then third down, he's making a forced throw, you know, but you're, you're not wrong about that that and in, in, in seeing it how he needs to see it. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we got to talk about the defense. Man, this defense, we had such high hopes for them early in the season. And yesterday, it does leave a lot of doubts. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. 
The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Cowboys Christmas extravaganza powered by Reliant every Friday and Saturday night from November 18th to December 17th. Visit thestardistrict.com slash Christmas for more info. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. Let's talk about this defense. Those crypto allowed. world having a good time right now. A little tough, but we'll get it together. We'll get it together. We'll I get hope it so. Blockchain's a good one. Yeah, they are. Allowed uh, defense allowed 207 rush yards yesterday, 5.3 average. Um, and the interesting part is they ran almost double the amount of times they threw the ball. They had 39 rushes in the game, 20 mm-hmm. passes, 20 pass attempts. So the big question, why couldn't Dallas stop Aaron Jones and, and Dylan? Cleats. <laughs> Kidding. Well, by the way, there is a conversation we need to have about cleats, but we'll get to that in a moment. Why couldn't they stop the run? They, 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 they're really struggling right now with their um, – Dan's trying to do some things differently with he probably doesn't feel like he could play toe-to-toe with anybody right now and be okay. Um, Just as a run defense. As a run defense. So what happens is he gets into some slant fronts, and when you get to slant fronts, you know, you're taking a gamble. You're risking. You're saying, okay, we're going to slant it to what we think is the strength of the, you know, and and Isaiah Stanback said it, I thought, pretty well in the show before us. Whereas if you declare strength to the tight end and you slant the front towards the tight end and then the ball goes the other way, mm-hmm. you're slanting away from that and now you're leaving yourself in a situation where you're outnumbered. Um, they weren't particularly good, again, at the point of attack. When I talk about guys getting uh, blocked one on one, Micah wasn't particularly good. And and you know, folks, listen, I'm Micah's a great player. He doesn't get hold every play. Micah Parsons on times on some of the runs will try and hero ball it and go back door. And you can't play run back door. You've got to play run front door. And I mean front door is as the ball is coming towards you, you cannot try and go behind the blocker and then go get the ball. Mm-hmm. These backs won't allow you to do that. Now, maybe if you're playing against Indiana or Northwestern or people like that in the Big Ten. Or that tied in from the Lions yeah. would be chased down, but yeah. you're not chasing that yeah. down. That's what I'm saying, though. There's there's some scheme issues that they're really struggling with right now. And I mentioned about the touchdown run where you run a twist front, and I mean cross the ends and the tackles, and you're trying to kind of confuse blocking schemes. But if you don't get the twist to the side of the of the play – and then it turns into Bohanna's wide, Fowler's wide. Now you have this gaping hole, which which uh, Jones was able to run in, and then they got the touchdown where he spins backwards and dives in the end zone. You know, there's there's times where too where you're in a situation where your ends get hooked, your linebacker gets hooked. They're doing a great job. Teams are of getting their center up on a linebacker, their guards up on a linebacker. They're getting cracks from tight ends. You know, they're not winning near enough. Mercedes Lewis, he's a big 
big body tight end. He's cracking down. You're not getting off that block. You're not getting somebody over the top. You're having that soft corner. We've talked about that a bunch. Kelvin Joseph was much better trying to be a forced corner yesterday than what we've seen from Brown or even Diggs. You could go back and watch the All-22 and watch Diggs retreat, 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 stay wide, and then the ball go inside of him. You know, you have to be willing to step up and kind of force the run. And they're just not getting that nearly enough. But the slant front's hurting them. The fact that they don't get off blocks and the fact that they're not playing the scheme right as far as what Dan's calling uh, leads to a team getting over 200 yards rushing on you. Yeah, I mean, this team's, I mean, they got, they're going to have at the end of the year probably five guys with five or six sacks. I mean, that's a lot. But the problem is, is they're built to have sacks. They're not built to stop the run. Right. I mean, what did Dorrance Armstrong do yesterday? Half a tackle. I mean, uh, Fowler had a face mask. Yeah. Basham, I don't think, did a whole lot. Did nothing. Um, I don't. I mean, what did? I mean, Sam Williams made a sack, but I mean, like, and him and Parsons both they rushed the passer. But like to Brian's point, they 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 don't like. I, I think teams are going to look at these guys and go, okay, well, he's not very big, so we're going to have to run at them. And yeah. then and if you keep running at them and it's third and three, then you, you prevent Micah from being exactly. Micah. That, it neutralizes him. Yeah, the, the fact that, and again, he wasn't great playing the run yesterday either. A little frustrating game. But to Nick's point, Basham, Armstrong, these guys are not built to, to sit there and play toe-to-toe with somebody. So they have to move in order to, to – but they can't get off the field because what happens, teams are like, listen, you're just too light. You're too light up there, and if you're gonna, you know, but if you're gonna scheme and then try and slant, like I said, slant it, but play it incorrectly, well, we'll take that chance. You know, we'll take a chance that you're gonna, okay, fine, you're gonna slant to the strength. We'll run the ball the other way. You gonna, you know, you think now you're gonna play back to the weak side. Well, we'll run it back to the strong side because we've got numbers over there. So yeah, they've they've got they've got some issues. Uh, you know, teams are saying a little bit too that they play so much nickel. You know, they, they're a lighter, they play a light front. I mean, not with numbers. They were committed to stopping the run yesterday at eight, eight in the box at times. They just couldn't stop the run. You know, the Packers are like, fine, you're, you can put as many bodies as you want down there, but if you're not, if the eighth body is near the box is a digs, he's not going to help you down there. Right. You know, Brown, he's not going to help you down there. So that's an issue right now for them. That, that's a big, big issue that they, they've got to – I don't think there's any magical thing that's going to – you know, with Tank, the way that Tank plays, I mean, Tank has a feel for how to not, let, not get hooked. He's got a feel for how to cross-face a block and get to the outside or stay there or knife down inside and go tackle the ball from the backside. You don't have anybody else that's playing like that. Now, Tank's not perfect all the time because there's times where he will gamble inside and then the ball will go to the edge, and now he's trapped trying to fight a block. But they, they've, they've got a lot of guys that are trying to play hero ball and, and run defense, and it, it ain't going to work. Nick, that ain't going to work. You and I were talking a lot during the game, from really from the beginning of the game on – Ooh, it looks like this is a game where Micah's going to be playing linebacker. And you had a problem with that. What were your thoughts on him being at linebacker versus well, defensive end, where he's been pretty much most of his career? But, but yeah, I have a problem with it, but but it sounds like teams know what's going on, too. You can't. Yeah. That's not just the fix, just to put yeah. him at defensive end, because it doesn't mean they're going to throw it. Then they're just going to run the other way. Yeah. So, it, it's it's a cat and mouse game because he he's playing middle uh, not middle linebacker he's playing linebacker and he's able to get involved with with the action and you hope that you make the tackles and it's third and long and then you can move him around but if you just put him at end 
like they'll they'll figure that out too, and they'll run to the other side, or they'll run at him. They ran well, at him yesterday. Well, I was going to say, too, running, yeah. run the other side. That seems to be okay because I trust more than any other defensive end on this team. I trust Demarcus Lawrence to be able to 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 basically capture the edge. Yeah, like that's one guy I trust to be able to do that consistently. I don't know. If there's another no, one that I trust. He's not well, see, big enough to play defensive end. Yeah, that's why Micah. you're Micah, or he yeah. would have yeah. played defensive end in college, and he would have been drafted as an end. Where, where he is is he's a linebacker that has the ability to move on third and ten, third and eleven. What are you going to do? Run it? Cool, run it, and, and we'll we'll probably stop you. But he rushes, and that's a huge problem. But teams are getting; they're not getting in third and long. So what no. you guys are telling me is there's no solution for this this season. Not right now. Not right. I mean, it, the, the solution is if I don't think Dan, like I said, wants to play anybody straight up. I think he's worried about that. Uh, I, to me, it's it's tough because now you could play a guy like Golston, you know, at one end he instead of play. arms. See, he that's what I'm saying. Golston, 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 to he's me, bigger. he's, he's a he's yeah. a poor man's he's a poor man's uh, tank to me. Because he does not let you get to the outside. You know, he's going to play all blocks. He's going to play strong at the point of attack. I, that's the thing. Bar also yeah. might help more with, with that as well. Is Bar, because is, I've heard you talk about Bar being a, more of a pass rusher. That's obviously what yeah. he did in Minnesota. Is he a guy, though, that can play that edge in that way to where he's stout enough to be able to maintain the edge? He's, he's man, it's a little 50 yeah, 50. For, for I mean, me, I'm just saying for me, I'm not trying to speak I, for anybody at this table. You know, because to, I I've seen him I've seen him get hooked I've seen him get trapped inside, you know they they have guys that overrun plays too they have guys like Micah and Layton and those guys be flying to get to the ball and the ball cuts back and then it's you know now they got blockers on those guys and it's a it's a four and five yard gain yeah. so yeah they uh, you know Basham Armstrong Fowler. Those guys, I mean, it, there's there's some issues up there playing the run because of the fact that they just can't, they don't hold up well enough. You know, if they get off blocks, yeah, that's fine, but they don't always get off blocks. That's that's the biggest issue. That's the thing I keep trying to figure out in my head because it seems so simple, but yet it's not. And when you watch the games, I mean, all I can think of is these linebackers needing help, but then you don't have people to give them the kind of help they need, and at times. I mean, you should know what's coming, but sometimes I just feel like they get lost as if every time or when they're going to run, the opposing team is going to run the ball, they don't really know how to track the ball or where where to go. Like, they're always kind of a step behind. And it's like, okay, you know it's coming, especially when they keep doing it at you. So, And I keep trying to think, how can you position these linebackers better? And what kind of help can you bring them? And I, I don't have, I, yeah. I don't have really an answer other than what stars up front with the defensive line. Yeah, they, they, they were in some situations where you know with Bohanna. See, everybody's talking about well, why have Bohanna and why have Hankins? It's not the inside part of the running game. Yep. It's not. That's, that's not the problem. That's right not now. the problem. It's teams have figured out that they can work the ball to the edge. You saw how many times. Derek brought it up. The first play of the game, they throw sideways, basically. They're just tossing the ball to Jones. Go run to the edge. Go run to the edge. You know, they're, they're trying to get it to the outside because, you know, dealing with Hankins and dealing with Bohanna and guys like that, that's not easy. Those guys don't always get moved. 
You know, even, you know, uh, Gallimore, don't always get moved inside. It's what happens on the perimeter to you at the end and at the linebacker spot that really, really hurts you now. All right, we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. There were some moments in this game, some situations in this game that I need to, we need to talk about, some different things that happened uh, that we want to get some, some clarity on. We'll do that when we come back, DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Little Sweets! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweets says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Tis the season for the Cowboys holiday youth camps presented by Invisalign. Registration for one-day football and dance academies. Camps are open now. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash academy and use code Xmas25 to get $25 off. Welcome back. Final segment of the break. Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. I do want to talk about this uh, situation late in the game. This was in overtime. Cowboys have, we've talked about the third and three and then the fourth and three. Cowboys decide to go for it there on the fourth and three. There's been some talk uh, of people second-guessing the coaching coaching on that as to whether they should do that or give it a shot there at 53 yards for mm. a field goal. What were your thoughts? Wasn't going to make it at Yeah, all. you guys were at the game. I just felt like anything going that direction kicking there's, was not going to be good. There was, okay, <laughs> there's an invisible look, net down there. Yeah, just look. On the, on the, <laughs> it on looked the like kickoffs. It. Yeah. Okay? yeah, that's the what I'm saying. On a tee, kickoffs. It goes to the goal line when it's typically eight, nine yards back. So that's probably a 10-yard difference right there on a tee. This is on regular grass, 10 yards, and you don't even have to imagine it. All you have to do is look at the one Mason Crosby had, Mm -hmm. and that was the worst kick ever. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't go that way. And you said before the game, you made a good point. You said before the game, he was booming it, 50, 60 yards, like no problem. Which I I talked about it up in the press box, and I said— I think I would 
have taken the wind. But in overtime, in overtime, and just take the win, and they get the ball to start it, and you got to stop them. You got to stop them from from scoring a touchdown. And uh, they hadn't done it yet, so yeah, it, it was risky. That, it was risky, but, but if you yeah. could stop them, and they have to punt into that, and then all, next thing you know, you're 15, 20 yards from kicking a field goal and winning it. So. They, they, if they lose, we'll be yeah. talking to the opposite. Oh, yeah. so it, it would have been like, why would this coach like, give right, Aaron Rodgers the ball? Yeah. Yeah. The coach that doesn't defer to start the game because he wants to take the ball and go out and make a <laughs> statement, he's not doing that. Like yeah. you're not, you're not taking the wind, and you're not, you're not doing that. By the way, they have to change overtime rules. It's ridiculous. Overtime rules are absolutely a joke, and they got it. They got it. It's almost like playing soccer for ninety minutes and then going to, to penalty kicks. It's a different game. It's a completely different condensed ten minute. The, the game. point you're making, and I, I, just for the benefit of those out there, basically you got different rules right now in the well, regular season versus versus the postseason. True, that's stupid. Right. And another's, you know, and I hope Stephen was the one that voted for that. But I mean, I think it's stupid. I mean, to to change a a, pre, a, a rule for the playoffs and for the regular season. Go go go! Find out in week seventeen and week eighteen how many playoff games are actually happening, and then you know what if they end in a tie, all that kind of stuff. Which that would have been the worst. I mean, I, I think I would have felt worse with a tie. Yeah, but the point is, both teams would get the ball. Yeah, in, it's, in it's the, just a different. Yeah. It's regardless if it's a touchdown. Yeah, I, I don't know. They played fifteen minutes and didn't score. I mean, I, I just I think it's a different. I, I just don't like the way the game is played. It feels like you have to change the the way the game is played. But college rules. Old to be quite honest with you, when when college changed to their format, where both teams oh no, I sat there for seven overtimes at A and M and LSU. But now, the more I've watched it, the more I kind of like it, and I like it maybe more than the way the NFL does it because there is some intrigue to it, and it always is based upon you get a shot, I get a shot, and let's just battle it out until somebody falls. You know, you know, and I kind of like that. You know what'll be changed though? They'll have to do some. It won't. Not the NFL has to change, but it. Definitely changes fantasy football if you did that, mm-hmm. and and I'm yeah, not saying no doubt. I'm not yeah. saying the competition yeah. committee worries about that, but they do worry about ratings. Yeah. I mean, and fo- and there's your red zone channel. Yeah, and oh, fantasy yeah. football yeah. is it that would drives everything ratings. About, yeah, that but would everything. They, you, could, you could change the rules on your overtime yeah. points and all, whatever yeah. it is. But. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to the next thing I want to talk about. Oh, there, did you think they should kick it? No. I, I just I, I was thinking sorry, about I, I thought every, I thought everybody said it. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, I, I'm 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 totally okay with. Uh, I could say I my my play call would have been in in that hindsight. I just saw it, but when I saw it afterwards, I said that play didn't give you a chance to get the first down. That's the thing that bothered me the most. Tyler Smith got yeah. is that the one? Tyler Tyler Smith got beat pretty bad. Him and one. both both the left guard and, and left tackle both got beat on that play. That wasn't a good overtime for Connor. Nope, it's not. And can we not? This is stupid, and I think people would also get annoyed by this. But if you're going back to the penalties, mm-hmm. if you're doing that, let's say in overtime already, shouldn't there be like, why does it come down to one person's decision? Like, shouldn't it be able to some kind of review happen here? <laughs> I know this is a little ridiculous, but when you, I mean, it, it's it decides the game ultimately that you change the game by these decisions and when you hear even with what happened with Jalen Tolbert when you hear him saying i checked with the official and she didn't she, he didn't he, he didn't no no he was, he was lined up i mean literally i'm in the studio i was yelling. wondering that i'm like i bet it, I wonder i'm if yelling he's lying i wouldn't watch it. it 
I, I, I yeah, I I'm like, back that. up, back up, back up. You know, I'm yelling, and Zach's like, what? He goes, he's off sides. He's off. And then he looks back, and they got him for motion because he's turning around looking at the official trying to and talk. He, he did scoot back but it, when but the ball, ball was snapped. snapped. Yeah. Which I think is a penalty, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's what they call it. I know motion. You know, the interesting part was they actually called something different than the signal. They said off They did this. Maybe that's yeah, but I see. To me, he was moving when the ball was snapped, right. and I'm going. Since that it was a legal procedure, that's what I thought. And but he immediately, and the only reason I noticed is because the black line of scrimmage, they have a line like yeah. line to gain, and then where the ball is on the there's a black line on TV. He is past the black line. I'm going. He's off sides. You know, not that it, you know, but you just look at the way he was aligned and he never, and I'm thinking he was going to adjust back. He never did. He just stood there. And I'm like, he had, this had, This is why people ask, well, why doesn't Jalen Tolbert play? Can we get, there you go. Can we well, get James Washington crap. in the game? <laughs> I mean, seriously, can we get James Washington like on the field to at least start? Because mm-hmm. right now, I mean, he's doing just a little bit less than Well, you know, Nick, Tolbert we got Thanksgiving coming up, and, and we have Noah to Brown. work out the schedule of his return, and we got to be careful. Put him out there. <laughs> this is ridiculous. He's been ready for four weeks. He's got he's got just as uh, many catches yep. as Jalen Tolbert does. Yeah, the special team stuff, though, that's a bones fossil. That, I'm just yeah. you, know, you, you know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Well, then, but but yeah. what happens is bones walks. Yeah, bones walks down <laughs> oh, there and man. says, "Oh, this is what we need but, to do," and all that. That's honestly that's the greatest game I've ever seen anybody play on special teams. Well, Gifford, yeah, he had a game last five night. Five tackles. Yeah, yeah, five. Game. I mean, that's. The fourth, I mean, you you could rank fourth on the defense with five tackles. He did it all on special teams. Plus, he recovered a fumble, which basically landed in his lap. And he was there for that on that forced fumble with with Goodwin. I mean, like that. Seriously, he he could have been NFC special teams player of the week if they they win that game. Yeah, and he still could have, I guess. But but man, I I don't think I've ever seen five tackles in a game. How much do you guys think that that? and I guess the slipping that was happening last night. You had Durant, Deron Bland. He slipped there in, in a situation where he was in coverage. You had Turpin seemed like he was slipping all night. It seemed like he was just on skates uh, sure. throughout the night. It, it, but the interesting part was Makes you coach, talked about it. Listen. coach talked about it all last week. Yeah. They were they were making sure that the players knew you got to check your cleats. I, I told you, I saw this whiteboard, big yeah. whiteboard written at the game. Make sure you test your cleats on the field. This was all pregame, so there's no reason why there should be a cleats talk. This is is absolutely why, or one of the reasons why, you should have had a bit of an advantage going into that game last night because you had a coach who, because of experience, could tell you things that maybe you wouldn't get from another coach that hadn't coached there for as many years as he had. And it sounds like he was coaching his team the right way, for whatever reason, yeah. it still ended up being a problem. How much of a problem was it? I mean, it was a couple times that it definitely happened. And, and here's what I don't know because I don't watch a lot of their their games. I mean, I mean, maybe you do have the right cleats, but does that necessarily mean that you 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 never slip? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I, I again, I don't know. I don't, I don't think if you have everyone wears these these thick you know long cleats that nobody ever slips and falls. I mean. It's really ironic, though, the way it, I mean, Deron Bland comes in the game, and that's basically how they win the game because mm-hmm. he falls, and Lazard finally caught a pass, and, you know, that's it. That's the, how did, how did well, they Well, I think it changes also, I mean, to that point, because I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, hmm, I wonder, does my son slip more when he has to slip on 
socks. Not really. He slips less. But when you watch the Green Bay Packers, the way they were playing, like you didn't see that happening the to them. I don't. I don't remember. I don't recall. Not, really. I don't not, not to the point slipping, that it happened yeah. to the Cowboys. So that's where it kind of leads you to wonder. Okay, what what the heck was the problem here? Because you know how to run. The shoes. <laughs> shoes mean, were a problem. They they didn't. I mean, okay. Some players do list, but some players are so comfortable with their gear. Yeah. Like for a hundred years. To it, yeah. For a hundred years, Jason Witten would never change his helmet. You know, he never. I mean, some players they play in shoes and they're comfortable with their shoes, and they're like, "I'll be fine with these shoes." They they think I'm going to be fine until they're out there on a third down critical play, and they go sliding around, and then there's a big catch that ends the game. You know, that's that that's you know sometimes you just get so wrapped in like, oh, "I'll be fine, I'll yeah. be fine," and yeah. and I I have a feeling they had a couple of guys that said, "I'll be fine," and probably I, weren't. I fine. just think when it comes to equipment and shoes are part of the equipment, it shouldn't be up to the player. It should be up to the team. Well, but I do think I do think part of that has to be kind of to Brian's point, what the player feels comfortable in, because yeah. you still want them to feel comfortable enough to be able to maneuver and do the things that they do, and not be self-conscious about the equipment, right? Yeah. So, And there are different guys. You, you see it all the time. Different guys wear different size pads, different size you know, mm-hmm. knee pads, and, and all this stuff. Like It's all about how their bodies feel. So I do think you want to have that be still a part of it. But I get your point. The coach made it clear, guys, it's something to be aware of. And that's what you do as a coach. Be aware. Be aware. Be aware. That was my experience of working reason, up there. For whatever reason, <laughs> yeah. some were not as aware, and it, it may have cost them. Yeah. All right, appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to figure out a little bit of a big picture on what's happening here. Now Cowboys fall to third in the division, and now you start mm-hmm. wondering about what's happening uh, with the wild card spots because some of these teams that that maybe you kind of thought would be dead are now creeping back into this thing. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagles, and this is The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!